Praise You, Lord, is a Catholic Christian praise and worship radio ministry. Hi, my name is Jeffrey Zagaria. Please join us as we give praise, honor, and glory to our loving, awesome, and merciful God. He is loving and He is merciful. Welcome to Praise You, Lord, the underground, independent, Catholic, Christian radio broadcast brought to you once a week by the power of your prayer, and uh, basically we thank you, listener, on the podcasts, on the on terrestrial radio, those who are streaming, we thank you for being part of the Praise You Lord community. This is what it's all about. It's about community, and it's about us, and uh, we thank you for your prayers so much. We have a an exciting broadcast, and we have a surprise guest. I'm so excited to have him in. We're going to be speaking about Thanksgiving. And we believe that Thanksgiving, well, I think Thanksgiving could be a, a 365 degree, a 365 day a year events. If we were more thankful, I, I'm sure we would be a much happier per, uh, community and, uh, and world. Jeff Miller Sachs is here. Jeff, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. We just had a pregame show yeah. that was like phenomenal. We spoke about a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, for those who are interested, we're going to we're and we're doing video again, and uh, we're working on on uh, moving to a a video and audio platform. So welcome, Jeff. And Jeff, for those who are not familiar with Jeff Miller Sachs or need a reminder, Jeff is is not only a very good friend of mine and a great friend of our program. Jeff is is the person that we've had on several times and he has a fundraiser raising raising funds for cancer patients and their families and it's called giving shelter jackson and i recently bought his newest production that he he produces records and by the way their records are top notch two of the best records i've heard in the last 20 years uh his giving shelter project called giving shelter and the first one and then his newest project as well which just recently uh, uh, got mixed, mastered, and artwork and everything. And I have the CD. I have two of them right over there on my refrigerator. And Jackson uh, also got one. So, Jeff, again, thanks for, for coming in on the program. And uh, real quick synopsis, like maybe two minutes. What's going on with your with your fundraiser, and how, how are things going with, with the new record? And maybe you can... Take, take a moment to describe what you're doing. Well, first of all, thank you for such a sweet introduction, as always. You, you and Jackson are always so kind. I feel like it's we're sitting in the living room together, mm-hmm. which is the way we should be. Um, briefly, we released uh, the Shadows of Night 50th Anniversary Reunion Concert CD. Uh, the, the concert took place back in 2016 and reunites for the four surviving members of the classic Shadows of Night lineup that brought us the hit Gloria. Um, And that was released at the end of August, beginning of September. And so far, we're getting a little traction. People are are streaming it on Bandcamp at www.givingshelter.bandcamp.com. 
and buying the CD or the digital CD from there. And we're having some successful activity so far. Um, what I'm really excited about is that, as we were discussing in the pregame, uh, I just was doing a little math and looking, and, and so far between two CDs and my live concert gig money, um, we've raised about $14,000 over the last few years. Uh, That's great. Wonderful. Haven't even touched yet. I've just basically been funding and supporting and helping different patients around the world, literally out of my own pocket. Wow. So, that's interesting. Uh, still and, and, building the fund, but also able to help at the same time. And Jeff, you you had a bigger vision of a, of a, a picture uh, that you were, I, I remember you painting and other, and by the way, you, if you like Jeff Miller Sachs as much as I do, you're going to go back and listen to the many times he's been on and we've had some wonderful conversations and you can get really in depth into this this uh, fundraiser and this very worthy cause, Jeff. Just as just to remind the audience, or for those listening for the first time, I remember something very interesting that I think is important to highlight, and that is that you also have been working at networking and hoping that this project get picked up by perhaps a major fundraising group. Maybe maybe a few yeah. words on that, so you can people can understand where you're coming from. Well, essentially, uh, I'm one person, right. and my job is to create the products and the projects and raise the money, but I need help distributing the money. So to be tied in and partnering with an existing organization that will help do that is my big goal, because once I have that in place, then I can really go out and focus on developing more products and doing marketing to help raise awareness and let them deal with the money. Right. I'll raise it, they spend it and get it to the people who need it. Mm -hmm. For me, I have to do everything on my own uh, is just a bit too much, especially given that I'm, thank, thank God, in remission. But for the past several years, I've been battling leukemia myself. So I need some help. That's essentially it, and thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, uh, knowing you, uh, Jeff, uh, I'm always shocked, even though I know Jeff has complications with his health. I'm always, and I really rarely use the word always, but I think it would be an accurate word in this circumstance. I'm always surprised to hear again that he has health complications because Jeff, I find Jeff to be extremely energetic and a person who just is has a real gift at using his time wisely, clearly, from all of the fruits that he does. I mean, it's amazing what this man can do. He's also just a very positive person. So I want you, praise you, Lord Community, not only to pray for Jeff and his health. Thank you. Please do that. But also to pray for this project. And I know that, you know, Jeff is a brother in the praise you, Lord Community. He's our brother, and we need to support him. So I want you to go out and buy his records. That supports his cause. I want you to go. It's in season.net, right, Jeff? Uh, uh, in, sorry, I got the wrong one. Givingshelter.net. Well, givingshelter.net is the website. Okay. But givingshelter.bandcamp.com gets you directly to both CDs. Okay, and then a direct, how about a direct gift to you? How, do, how, do, how does that happen? The best way to do it is is through the music. 
through the music. I, I, buy a hundred records. Buy you want to give a thousand dollars, buy whatever, just throw a thousand dollars into those records and give them out for Hanukkah and Christmas and birthdays. I, honestly, I, I, I come from the the public broadcasting school of if you want to get something from somebody, give something of value in return. Make it a uh-huh. good make it a fair deal. Well, you're 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 creating a uh, an awareness, which is really that alone is very important, because it's an awareness that people do not have the uh, if they run into these problems with cancer, they don't always have the funds or the resources to get to alternative right. sources of medication, for example, or also for um, uh, for paying the bills. Paying the bills uh, you know, you're not working. You know, so just because, uh, you know, insurance may or may not cover 80% or some percentage, there's an enormous amount of bills. And then what if the, what if, what if the best, uh, the best place for you or your loved one is, I don't know, a hundred miles away. Are you going to travel a hundred miles or what if it's a 500 miles away? How are you going to pay for your shelter? Right, Jeff? Isn't that what we're doing here? Exactly, and I say we because I feel like it's it's a it's a community project. You're the it's your project. Yes. you're you're the you're the no, one. Yeah, cancer, cancer touches everybody. Amen. And and everybody runs into these things. If God forbid, someone in their family or they themselves have it. When Janine, my late wife, had it, our hospital was literally a hundred miles away. Mm. So we lived in hotels for over six months. That came out of pocket. Insurance doesn't pay for that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Giving shelter. Dri- so you need, you need the giving shelter. Right. I drive to Phoenix to the Mayo Clinic from Southern California. I have to take hotel rooms. There's, a, you know, there's gas money. There's food. There's all these things that are outside of the everyday. But for some people, it's the everyday. Thank God I'm still able to work. Amen. Amen. So. Yeah. These are things. Thank God. Thank God for everything. Right? And that's, that's. Yes. Yep. Speaking of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thank God. That's what Thanksgiving is. If you want to, if you want to, some people are like, well, what is Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is simple. It's thanking God. I mean, it's not, that's, in my opinion, the beauty of the, of, of the holiday, the purity of that simple concept. And it's something that as Americans, it's very, it's very easy and has been historically for us to all do that. It's, it's, it's not a denominational holiday. We're simply thanking the Father of the universe, our Lord God, and it's just wonderful. And if we could do that every day, it would be wonderful, as you just did. You're thanking God. And I thank God. I thank God for you, Jeff. I thank God for you and people like that that are that are you know that have a heart to do these things. And by the way, do it for yourself. These records are phenomenal. You're gonna love them, if you, especially. Especially, I I mean, his Jeff is a great great songwriter. He's got some of the best musicians ever in the history of 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 recording on his record, uh, the Giving Shelter, the first record. Amazing, amazing record. I love that record, Jeff. Thank you. The best. You. The best. Thank you. Um, okay, so 
getting back to giving thanks, we're going to be speaking about Thanksgiving, and and you might be saying, well, um, if this is as a Catholic, if if a person's listening in on on Catholic radio, where we're where we started doing this for Catholic radio, and we continue to do it for Catholic radio, we're so grateful to be on Catholic radio. If you're listening on Catholic radio, pray about giving to your local Catholic station. Uh, they have operating budgets. They, they, I know for a fact, I know this because I know these people personally, they work very hard at bringing Catholic radio to you that are listening on Catholic radio. And, and they do not, the, these stations do not get any money from the archdiocese or from Rome. You know, people say, well, the church has enough money. No, 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 not for this kind of radio. No, 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 you don't get, no. This is this is funded by you. It's funded by you. So pray about opening up your pocket and, and giving. And uh because it is thanks giving. Thanks give it's not just thanks, it's thanks giving. So I, I want you to pray about giving thanks and giving to Jeff Miller Sachs's project, Giving Shelter, where because he's giving thanks and he's giving. And I'd like you to pray about uh, giving thanks and giving to your radio station that you're listening to this broadcast on. Give thanks mm-hmm. to God and give to his people, okay? And, and, and when, you, when you bless, I'll tell you one thing I learned about any, any dad or mom or grandma or brother that loves, loves their children or their brother or whatever, if, 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 especially with the little ones. If I learned a long time ago, I remember I, I volunteered in Connect, the state of Connecticut, which Jeff knows very well. Um, I volunteered at a Catholic camp in the summers during college, and it was a, called a family development program. It was run by Catholic nuns who worked in the inner city of New York City in the, the five boroughs, and there were I think there was one group that came from Hartford. There was. And there might have been one that came from an inner city of New Jersey. And basically, they would bring people that they work with in the inner city that were, were you know, were poor. And that they were helping out. And most of them, and they brought a family unit. Now, a family unit in these situations might be a grandmother and an adopted kid. It, you know, it's the idea of family, you know, it was unusual to have like a mother and a, a mommy and a daddy and a, and a few kids. It did happen from time to time, but some level of family unit, bring them out to the, to the mountain. It was called a mountain. It's a small mountain in Connecticut. Beautiful, beautiful. Connecticut, Connecticut if you have never been there, it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous place. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there was a horse there and they had a pool and they had, it was on the mountain, they had woods and it was a camp. And uh, I was very involved in doing the, the music, as a matter of fact for the camp because they found out I could do music. And that's a long story. It's a nice story. Uh, maybe I should pray about sharing this another time. But the point that I wanted to make is that that um, that uh, that's a great question. What is the point I wanted to make? Where was I, guys? Jackson, what was I talking about? <laughs> well, you were talking about camp. You were talking about... <laughs> before that. Before yeah. that. Connecticut as a whole. Um, Giving thanks. Giving, giving thanks, for, giving thanks, the nuns in the city. Yep. Yeah. No, but there was something else. Oh, I had a point, mm. but I really, I know it will come back to me. 
But we were speaking about Jeff. We were give, giving thanks, Thanksgiving, but it was, oh my gosh. It definitely had something to do with the nuns. Yeah, it was, I'll tell you, talk about giving. I mean, they yeah. gave their whole life to these people. You know, they were really wonderful. I've met some wonderful people. I met, a, I met a nun in Alabama that I look into her eyes. I thought I, I, I didn't believe at that time. I wasn't a believer, but I, I, I saw heaven in her eyes. I mean, and I saw her do miracles. She could pray and it would stop raining. I saw that happen a few times. Sister Zaley, God bless that woman. But I did this volunteer work and, um, uh, oh gosh. Oh, I don't know. I had a point, but um, but if God wants, it will come back to it. Let's get back to the point of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so Thanksgiving has been a, a, a holiday similarly to what's been happening with statues. Statues have been knocked down of all types in our country mm-hmm. of historical nature. And history is, be, is under attack. And Thanksgiving is, has been a wonderful blessing of a holiday in our country. And I've heard some terrible things from, from uh, different factions within media and so on. Not, not everywhere, but, but enough that kind of attack Thanksgiving. And I wanted to speak about Thanksgiving, not as a historian. I'm not a historian. Uh, however, I am acquainted with simple things in history, and it, it doesn't take much to look a few things up to just to check and make sure that we're on the right track. And furthermore, going back to New England, Jeff is from Massachusetts, and so am I. Before I go f- forward, Jackson, Messick mm-hmm. is in on the program. He's not from Massachusetts. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> from yeah. Virginia. Father, anyway. Virgi- Not too far. Virginia is, Virginia is one of the original states. Yep. One of the 13 colonies. So, Jackson, how's it going, brother? It's good. Good to be with you guys. Jackson, always. you can usually track with me. You're always you're always there tracking right behind me. I'm like, okay, Jackson, where was I headed with this? But uh, no. Jackson, how's your tummy? <laughs> it's getting better. It's getting better. <laughs> it's getting better. <laughs> before before I, I, we started, I Jackson's like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hang very long because my... He didn't say tummy. I'm saying tummy, his yeah. because I am not feeling well. And uh, so, thank God, yeah, you're feeling a lot better. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I mean, I, this has happened in, in multiple times with stomach issues before before the program. Uh, I felt sick to my stomach, and um, I felt like I might be under the weather or what have you, and. We've started the broadcast. This has happened, I mean, really multiple times. I, I can think of at least twice um, when we were doing this in person, Jeff, I guess last year in the studio, um, where I wasn't feeling well for hours and hours before the program. We would start the program, you know, we would pray and start the program. And halfway through the show, I would feel completely better. Um, and, and, you know, and I think it's, it's, it's really beautiful. And I do, I mean, it's, I, I give glory to God for it because I think, um, you know, when, when, when we're doing things, when we're doing things that he wants us to do, I think if we just go ahead and step out, um, in faith, um, he's, he's always going to give us the grace to, 
to continue, you know, the work that he had planned. I really do. And um, this was another night. I feel way better, like a different person, Praise like a complete worse than I did an hour and fifteen minutes ago. Completely wow, different. Wow! 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 Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Great. Amazing. Okay. So, okay, guys. So I grew up just, I want to give a little testimony here about Thanksgiving. As a matter of fact, that's how Jeff ended up becoming, coming on the program in a sense. Uh, there was a great surprise. We, we actually were able to reach each other earlier this evening, Jeff. We played phone tag all week. We played phone tag. And, uh, and as we were speaking, you kept speaking about things that were kind of like tickling my ears or they were, you know, like, I was like, oh, that's weird that he's talking about that. Well, I, that reminds me of the program we're going to be doing in a few hours. And, that's, and I was like, as I'm listening to him speak, I'm like, and I'm praying about it as you're speaking, I'm like, I think I'm supposed to ask Jeff to be in on the program. And sure enough, you were able to be here. And, yeah. uh, and But in that conversation, you were speaking about a testimony about Thanksgiving. And I wanted to, by the way, uh, just, just to recap, to the to our listeners and to each other that we have three pillars we believe our mandate is th- is is has three pillars one is testimony and two is thanksgiving dun, dun, dun. <laughs> two is thanksgiving okay three three <laughs> sorry three is praise Three is praise, and hence the, the word praise you, Lord. And and if we give testimony, okay, and then we can remind each other of how great God is, how wonderful God is. This is a, this is a biblical thing to do. Every time I'm reading the Bible, right, throughout the Hebrew Scriptures, it talks about remembering how great God is. Tell your children these great deeds that God has done in, 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 the, in the history of our ancestors. Right, Jeff? Right? Yep, yes. Yeah. And so, and we too, we have a history. We have stories. We, we are alive. We're alive. We're not, we're dust and ashes, but because of the almighty God, we are alive. We are full of life, you know, and we are going, we're going to pass away. I died this year. That's right. You guys feel sick, but I was dead. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you, I felt better dead than I feel alive. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're glad you're we're thankful that you're alive. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. thankful too. I'm thankful too, but I'm thankful that I had that experience. It was very peaceful. Yep. I half joke. I mean, I I I'm 100% joke and 100% mean it. It was the best 5 minutes of of my 2020. Yep, that doesn't surprise me. It was awesome. I I saw a light. I felt the peace of the Lord. So at any rate, God is good. God is awesome. We are dust. We are ashes. But we are full of life because we're full of his spirit. We're full of him. We're full of his breath, right? The breath of God is in us, right? He breathed into us, and we are, right, just as he is. And we, we, we can remind each other of the great things he's done in our own lives. That's called testimony. And we can then be thankful. We can be, not only remind each other, but we can ponder it and say, wow, Jackson went through that. He felt really sick before this and it happens a lot. And then he feels wonderful. Wow. That's awesome, man. How does that yeah. happen? That's, that's a, that's, is that a coincidence from my perspective? Not at all. Jeff's shaking his yeah. head. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with Jeff. I mean, how does Jeff do it, man? How does Jeff do it? How does Jeff have, you know, he's, he's, he's got, he's fighting. He has fought cancer. His wife passed from cancer 
and uh, and he's and he has complications now, Jeff. Right? Yes. And I know that. And 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 it doesn't matter the complications, but I know they're they're real, and I know they're that you really work so hard at at getting uh, trying to get to the gym and, or do your push-ups or whatever it is you do. You're very conscious of these things, and you you're you're a battler, you're a fighter, and you're full of life. That's the thing. I know people that don't have those problems, and and it's like if if they had a just a a percentage of Jeff Miller Sachs's energy would be amazing. And it's like, it's incredible. You're an incredible testimony. Just, just seeing how you, I find it incredibly encouraging, Jeff. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. I, I just know that if I quit, that my dearly departed wife will kick me from here to Pluto. <laughs> so I have to keep going. Yeah. yeah I that, promise that I would. That's great. And, that's great to have that inspiration. I understand yeah. that. I mean, I, I haven't honestly, been married, and I haven't lost a, but I've lo- I have plenty of losses, and I know they're up there pulling for me. I know that. No one has to mm-hmm. tell me that. I don't have to read that in the Bible. I know that. I know that they're, my ancestors are pulling for me on the other side. I know that. Mm-hmm. And uh, all, kidding, all kidding aside, as a two-time cancer survivor, I, I know that this this is a very precious thing to have. Life is a very precious thing. Amen. And I. I Really, from the bottom of my heart, I believe I'm supposed to do something with it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Likewise. So I, I fight to do. Yeah. Because that's, I was given a gift twice. I have to do something good with it. Right. Otherwise, that's, that's the ultimate sin is to waste it. Amen. That's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So getting back to, um, getting back to the Thanksgiving uh, narrative, if you will. So I grew up in metropolitan Boston, and Jeff Miller Sachs grew up in Jeff um, in uh, metropolitan Boston, not far from where I grew up, as a matter of fact. And yet, we've, we met on the floor. Were we in Nashville when we met? Nashville. Yeah, Nashville. Na- yes. It was probably about 1030 in the morning. I had had a long flight in or drove. I, I think I flew. I don't remember how that all happened, but it was a trip. Well, I was like, I was like, man, I need a beer. It was about ten thirty in the morning, and they, the, the beer was uh, there. Was I got a bottle of of some local Nashville beer, and it was very good. I liked it, and uh, they had they had that available on the floor at the Nam show. I just cracked it open. I think I took a sip, maybe two, and it was just like, this tastes really good right now, and. I hear this person speaking to me from not, you know, I don't know how far away, but, you know, not right in front of me. And and he's asking me about the beer. Do you recall that? I don't even remember what yes, you might have said yeah. to me. I guess it's beer 30 somewhere. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was being a smart aleck and saying that. It's a little early in the morning, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I, I was like, I, I was like, I was like, I just immediately, yeah, I immediately liked this guy. I was like, I don't know who this guy is. I, I don't know if he was, if he's an official. He, he's dressed like an official, but he reminds me, he could be anybody. I don't know who I'm speaking to. I mean, that's a funny thing about these type of shows. Uh, you don't really know who you're speaking to sometimes. And um, I just knew that, you know, this guy has kind of a, a, a spark, uh, um, 
I don't know, just a, a, a lot of life to him. And he's, he's joking. I like to joke. And we began engaging in conversation. And, and then you asked, you were very, you were really a smart aleck. That's true because you said, you said, um, I asked where you were from. Yeah. What did I say? Boston. I said, duh. <laughs> where? Yeah. What part of Boston? Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like it was, you know, he could tell from my accent immediately that I was from Boston. So, um, so, so we find out we're from, from the same, same area, really very close North shore yeah. of Boston. Uh, and so that's, that's how we met. We've had a, a long friendship since then, several now, years back. If I may interrupt, there Please. was another thing that, that bonded us right away is you asked me, what do I, what am I doing there? Mm -hmm. And we spoke about giving shelter and losing my wife and you had recently lost your mother and yeah. we're dealing with that. And we took cancer. Right. Awesome. And we yeah. had that, that shared, um, experience and you kindly purchased the CD, which I'm still ever so thankful. And we continued to talk and a friendship was born. A brotherhood was born. Yeah. It was amazing. It was, it was, God put a beer in your hand so that I could open up my mouth and be a smart aleck and, and meet my brother. Amen. Yeah. I, I couldn't it's agree all, more. I couldn't awesome. agree more. And, and so, um, so we're both from Massachusetts and that's happens to be where the first American Thanksgiving happened. Now I'm going to ask you guys a question. Uh -oh. I have a question for you and the Praise You Lord community. <laughs> you didn't know this was coming, which is which makes yeah. it much more enjoyable from my from my seat. Okay, <laughs> what year was the first Thanksgiving? American mm. Thanksgiving. Gosh, go ahead, Jeff. Okay, let, let's just make sure we agree on that the thanks that the first American Thanksgiving happened in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Right. I won't say sixteen twenty. Okay. But I think it was sixteen twenty one because they arrived in sixteen twenty. Okay. So you're thinking out loud, but you're not giving an answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm from Boston. I, I know that I know I know that trick. I know in I'm from the, the streets of Boston. I'm I'm feeling wicked stupid at the moment. <laughs> All right, Jackson. He doesn't know. He oh, he can't no, make a decision. No. What do you think, Jackson? No. I, I'm I'm I I, uh, I have no idea. Okay, you I give no up. I, I, you know, I'm just going to go ahead You're and, guessing. and and piggyback and say 1621. It sounded like a question. Did 1621. You, ah, that's a statement. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. Yes. What's your what's your answer? <laughs> You're looking it up on your phone. That's not fair. You're I disqualified. Am. You're disqualified. No, no, it, I have slow Wi-Fi, <laughs> uh, and that's honest to God's truth. But um, because the Pilgrims arrived in 1620, they I did, would have to say did. 1621. That's a good. It's very good deductive reasoning, and and you are correct. 1621. So 1620. Listen to this. I did a, you know, here's the thing. Well, first of all, and I may have mentioned, I, I think I've mentioned this in the past. I grew up in the summers. We owned a cottage in 
Kingston, Plymouth Bay, where the pilgrims were and where they settled. And there was a, a homestead of uh, a John Howland, and that's the name of the road, Howland's Lane, in, on Kingston Shores. We just recently sold our last parcel there as a family. Um, but I grew up there. My, my grandmother and I spent a lot of time together, and pretty much every day I would, and then I'd stay at her home um, because I wanted to on Friday nights uh, when she was not there. But uh, she would go down there for the full summer, and I'd go and visit and stay there for a long time. So, you know, when we grow up and we're going to school, you're in school a lot, and then you have, like, maybe basketball that you're involved in or Cub Scouts or some, some you know, baseball or something, at least in my, the way I was brought up, right? And so Jeff is shaking his head. Yeah, me too. And so, um, and so but the summer was different. That was when I really grew. And I grew where the pilgrims landed. And I used to go to Plymouth all the time on our, on our bicycles, and I fished that, and still do to this day, fished and lobstered and clammed and, and uh, got cohogs and you name it, all the beautiful fruits of the, of, the, of the bounty of the ocean. And so I grew up around there, and so there's an enormous amount of history there. That's where the first Thanksgiving happened, and that's where the pilgrims landed. And I, so because I'm acquainted with it so much, because it's a part of the fabric of my upbringing and where I really grew as a, as a young person, um, um, I have, you know, this whole concept of Thanksgiving, not only from the perspective of being a faith-based, I guess, a, a person of faith, I guess you could say, um, and, and appreciating that day and having great memories of of high school football games, of course, and, and, you know, getting together with family and simply saying a prayer and saying thanks and having get-togethers and, and being together and having a wonderful meal together. Uh, but it was even deeper than that because I grew up in this place and knew the history. Now, I, I'm not a historian, but I grew up there, so I, I, was, I was acquainted with it. And when I keep hearing these lies about Thanksgiving and the way, you know, something like that the Indians— you know, it uh, wasn't good for the Indians. Well, I, I had to go back and look up history, and I and I knew, but I wanted to double-check, and so I went on very mainstream, and I don't like mainstream sources, but I did use them so that we used, like, history.com, Wikipedia, things of this nature, and I wrote a few notes, and um, you're right, uh, 1621 was the first Thanksgiving. Now, I happen to know, because I go to Plymouth a lot when I visit, and still to this day, and last year, before COVID hit, all the people down in the Plymouth area were so excited because this year marks the 400th anniversary of the Pilgrim's Landing. Right. 1620. And so... um, so a lot of people were considering moving out of their home because all kinds of dignitaries from different countries and 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 all kinds of people there were there were huge events that were planned for this year in Plymouth, Massachusetts, which didn't occur because of this COVID situation. Mm. Next year they plan to do you know if 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 things get clean cleared up they plan to have the celebration, which is great. And what is also great is that. They didn't miss the 400th anniversary of the first Thanksgiving, which is good. Right. When looking up, and I forgot this, a- approximately half of the pilgrims died on their boat 
And the, re- and the reason, a couple very amazing things happened. Now, remember, these people came for religious freedom. Yes. They had an oppressive government that did not have separation of church and state, like we have in the United States today. And Jeff and I were speaking about this earlier, right, Jeff? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so they came for this ability to worship in the way that they desired and not have the King of England dictate what church they were to go to and how to worship. And this is what drove them to come to this new land. And they came on the Mayflower, and that, the, that ship just came into port this year. It was, it's re, been rebuilt. Oh, how nice. Yeah, so that's ready. And it's not a big ship. It's a, if, you, if you go to see it, it's a very small. Have you been there? Yes, it's it, again growing up there and going down to Plymouth and and going to the Cape as a kid and we'd have the school field trips and that was a small ship even to a small you know grammar school kid. Yes, it, all these people were packed on that that they made it across the ocean was a miracle in itself. A hundred percent, yeah. And you know they were uh, what I didn't remember, but I became reacquainted with the history is that they were aiming at the New York area. They were blown off course, and they hit the the the, uh, the tip of the of Cape Cod. Okay, so they got blown off, and they and they arrived in the late part of the year, and it was really, really, you know, it was cold. I don't recall which month. It might have been, I don't know, maybe December. But most of the winter, they they were they were there, and they didn't get off the ship because they needed the, they used the ship for shelter. And when they were on the ship, a lot of them died of, of, of disease and whatever else. And so half of them perished before they even really settled. Um, amazingly, when they, when they, at some point, when they reached the shore, listen to this story. So they believe that they're, they're trying to find religious freedom, and they're, they're believing in the providence of God, and that God is going to lead them and they felt led to go to this place. According to this, I didn't read that in Wikipedia. I actually heard that uh, that on a... Actually, this was inspired, by the way, by some radio that I heard up on the borderline. I've been up on the borderline. I'm up on the very northern tip of the borderline of the, of the United States, and I heard some really phenomenal um, radio on Thanksgiving. And this, uh, this man was speaking about this, and, and then I looked into it and researched it, and it, he was speaking about a, 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 a Native American named Squanto. And Squanto greeted the pilgrims when they arrived. And Squanto, if you can believe this, can you believe that, that he could speak English? He could speak English. In 1620, there was a, he happened to be there. Now, how did that happen? He was part of a tribe, not of the local tribe, that was there at that time. He was part of a separate tribe, and he was kidnapped by a British sea captain. Brought wow. to brought to England, found a way to work work his way out of slavery, and I, I would imagine probably met some nice English people that helped him because he somehow he bought his way back. He comes back. Listen to this one. He comes back to the Americas to the Massachusetts re- region. It might have been Connecticut. I forgot where exactly. New England. 
he comes back to find that every single one of his tribe perished. They all died. He was the only remaining survivor of his tribe. They died of 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 a of a uh, outbreak of some type of disease. Mm-hmm. But he came back knowing English, and he made friends with the, the other native tribe, which happened to be the natives, the Wampanoag tribe, which were the the natives of the region where the Pilgrims landed. Okay, which is in you know the southern part. Or of, of Massachusetts and around Connecticut, Rhode Island area. So particularly southern Massachusetts and into Rhode Island. I'm not sure about Connecticut, but that region. So Squanto is able to speak to them. He helps them to learn how to grow corn, how to hunt, and how to fish the, the rivers. Okay? So he helps them survive, but he also, here's the key element, he helps them meet the chief of the Wampanoag tribe, which is the tribe of that area. And the chief greets them, and they, and they become very friendly neighbors. They had a peace treaty for 50 years. The Wampanoag Indians and the pilgrims lived in wow. peace and harmony for 50 years. I have not heard that in any of these attacks against Thanksgiving. They lived in peace. Yeah. They were an alliance. They helped each other. They protected each other. They traded with each other. And they had Thanksgiving in 1621 for three days. It was a three-day event. It wasn't a one-day event. Thanks, the first Thanksgiving was three days long. It, a lot, uh, from what I'm understanding, the traditional food was, was, was not like it, they actually had venison um, and other types of foods, the fish of the sea and so on. Uh, um, and perhaps turkey as well, but but it wasn't the you know what we consider the the, the Thanksgiving of of twenty twenty. <laughs> this okay. So okay, so this this is this is unbelievable. So they they have this peace treaty. Okay, so let me ask, so now let me ask you guys: Have you guys heard anything about? Um, I don't know if you've heard this, but there was like a, a, a new an alleged new like they make up these new holidays, right? There's this alleged new holiday holiday on the calendar. Allegedly, nobody knows seems to know what it is. I, you know about uh, Native American Day that the day after Thanksgiving, which happens to be on Black Friday. I'm like, why would you put Native American Day on Black Friday? I mean, that's like the worst. It's the worst day. It, but anyway, so so yeah, and it, like this idea that 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 the natives, you know, it wasn't a it shouldn't be thankful. It was a terrible thing that the European came over. And so on. Have you heard? Have you guys been on? Heard anything like that? A little. The only thing Native American Day that that I have heard about was the changing of Columbus Day. Well, that's another one. Yeah, basically anything about about Europeans being in this part of the world. It seems like, you know, there's this element that's like wants to say. It was really horrible or something like that. Now, here's what they don't talk about. I don't hear about the peace treaty. Now, there was a war. It was called King Philip's War, okay? That was 50 years later. Now, um, the name of the chief, I'm trying to remember his name, uh, Massas, 
Massasoit. Massasoit. Yeah, Massasoit was the chief. Yeah. Fifty years they had peace with Massasoit. Massasoit dies. His youngest son becomes chief, and his youngest son, who became chief, changes his name to Philip because he got along with the with the settlers. Okay, mm. this is why it's called King Philip's War. Okay, and by the way, the Native Americans of that area they put up a really really big fight. I mean they. It's unbelievable. I mean, they really, it was a terrible, terrible war. Unbelievable, unbelievably terrible war. There were, um, let me see here. Let me, let me get to my notes on that. You guys familiar with King Philip's War? I recall it, but um, you're going to have to refresh my memory. All right. It this was, was our local history. So, yeah, we had this. was this our history. local history. This war happened from 1675 to 1676, okay? But here's the key element here. Um, those natives, 90% of them had died, according to either Wikipedia or history.com. I'm getting that. That's where this is coming from. Uh, approximately 90% died before the war a hundred years prior to disease. Hmm. Think about that for a second. That means only 10% of the population remained. Well, right. Or yeah. 10%. Yeah. Uh, well, of course they yeah. had children, so it's hard to say it might've been different, but 90% died a hundred years prior, according, according to this. Um, not only did they lose a lot of people, but what was happening is the pilgrims were not the only settlers. This was key because there was also a Boston settlement. So there were two colonies by this point. There wasn't one colony. There were two colonies. And there was a third element, which was the biggest force, which was the British government. Yes. So it wasn't just the pilgrims that they were that these natives were having to deal with. They were dealing with Boston Colony and they were dealing with the British crown. Okay. So one thing leads to another. The 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 the, um, the the amount of British in that area just compounded through these three different groups: Plymouth Colony, which you know, which were, and then Boston Bay Colony, and then and then the British Crown. Of course, you had the French that that came in, the French and the Acadians, the Quebecois and the Acadians came up in the north, so they were more up in Maine. Uh, and they were up in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. That would have been the Acadians. They would have been up in the Quebec area, Quebec City, what's now Quebec City, uh, northern New Hampshire, perhaps, um, and over into Montreal, maybe up in northern New York, right? All French. Yes. French settlers. Now, the French, that's the other thing that we don't hear a lot about. Now, I'm, I happen to be of French-Canadian and Acadian descent, primarily Acadian. The Acadians came in 1605, 15 years prior to the Pilgrims. A lot of people don't realize that. And within two weeks, the natives of that area, um, they actually heard the, 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 the chief of the natives up there, of the Mi'kmaq Indians, and they still, they're still there, the Mi'kmaqs. The, the, and they invented hockey, by the way. Did you know that? Wow. No, yeah, I didn't. And you can get. Do you remember the Micmac hockey sticks? We used to. I used to see them in the playgrounds. You remember those? Oh yes. Yeah, Micmac hockey stick comes from oh. Nova Scotia, and those. That's because the Micmac Indians invented ice hockey. 
Wow. That's where it comes wow. from. Yeah. Now, the Mi'kmaq Indian chief heard from the Acadian settlers uh, the story about Jesus Christ, and he, uh, he, he believed. All of the natives of that area became Catholic, and they wow. intermarried, the Acadians. And I definitely have, I definitely have, you know, I have my, my Acadian blood goes back at least to 1650. I, I can trace it on the family trees. So, um, and then another bloodline goes to like sometime in the 1700s. And the thing is, though, on the marriage and, and birth certificates and so on, they took on, the natives took on um, baptismal names. So they have Christian names. So it's hard to trace through their name that they're, mm-hmm. however, it's not too tough to discern particularly because the Acadians didn't bring women with them. Hmm. And yet they were getting married. So, you know, it's not hard to figure out what was going on there, right? Okay. (laughs) For a season, the Acadian, the Acadian, a season. And then after things were settled, then, then they brought, they brought um, Acadian uh, female women into the, into, into the settlement. So they were living basically in peace. So the Acadian, the French colony was colonies were living in peace. As a matter of fact, you go even more forward, you had the French and Indian Wars, where the French Canadians and the natives were allied together of all that region against the British Crown and Native Americans. Yeah. And in the in in the in the going back to King Philip's War, which was prior to that, 1675 to 1676. Another thing that was interesting is the Mohawk Indians of New York were, were um, it was King Philip asked them to ally with and help, help out the Wampanoags and the other, because some of the other tribes kind of banded together, by the way. Okay. There were battles all over the place, out in uh, Deerfield, uh, Massachusetts, uh, Sudbury. There's some major, major battles. You can go see these places. Well, the Mohawks had a history of war with 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 the Massachusetts Indians. They were they were not on good terms. It was a long, long history of bad blood, and they and they were they seemed to me, with deductive reasoning, to be the kind of the final stake in the heart of the Wampanoags and that resistance against against the the uh, the Pilgrims, the Pilgrim Bay Colony, the Massachusetts. Uh, the, the Boston Bay Colony and the British Crown. Look what happens next, though. Terrible. So it was terrible. By the way, they burnt down. Let me see. It's unbelievable the amount of things that happened. Um, 1,200 homes were burnt down by the Indians. The, the, the homestead that was near my cottage was burnt down. It was, it was sacked and burnt down by the natives. Um, Massachusetts Bay Colony and the Pilgrims almost didn't make it. Their cat, 800 cattle were killed. Now, remember, there's not big numbers there. This is not like the Boston of today. Native Americans that died were estimated about 3,000. Europeans were 800. Um, and, uh, and again, uh, there were natives on both sides of the war. And the Mohawks were kind of like the final straw. <laughs> the Mohawks were kind of it, I think, from my... from. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It's, but the Mohawks entered, and they went against the Wampanoags, okay? So this we never we don't hear about that. We don't hear about the wars between the natives that happened before the, the, the European settlers came. There were terrible wars. They have, you know, there's a long history of, of, 
of of infighting with the natives. They didn't, all those tribes didn't, never got along. Uh, did did not get along. All of them did not get along, and we're not hearing that. But what it, what did happen was for fifty years there was a peace treaty. Mm. There was peace. There was there was uh, mutual alliance, right? And then you know things shifted um, when 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 Massasoit passed. So that's why I wanted to just kind of um, mention those. I, I think that's important history. I really, I think the truth will set us free. Did, were you guys aware of any of those things? Uh, again, this was, this was local history. Correct. Um, you're refreshing my memory. So, yeah, I was aware. I, it's, it's old memories now. Sure. But now, it's, now I'm going to have to read some more. Yeah. But I remember Squanto, Massasoit. That's where Massachusetts, the state's name came from, was honoring him. Wow. Yeah. See, I didn't realize that. I'm not surprised by that, but and there, I, didn't, there, I didn't remember that. You look at all of the names around the area, they were all named after Indian people or Correct. Indian tribes. Hmm. There, there, there was harmony for a while, and there was honor of the natives who definitely with the pilgrims the the plymouth rock colony um saved their lives and enabled yes. them to to get through after that very first harsh year and and um you know it people take elements like they do of many stories mm-hmm. they'll take a line from a verse in the Bible or something in the song and mold it to whatever their point is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it distorts from where the original purpose of that line was in the song, in the story, in the Bible, in the whatever was going on. To mm. with. But taking it out of context and making it mean something else. And I think that's where you're going with this with regard to the history of the holiday specifically and American history in a greater sense is that a lot of things are taken from a different perspective. Now it's like the story gone with the wind that is a period piece. It's writing about a time of a time with language and and characters of a time. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. To revise the story (laughs) Erases what really happened. Correct. And we can't forget what really happened. Good, bad, ugly. Exactly. Exactly. So to erase it and hide it, sweep it under the rug, put it in the closet, doesn't do anybody any good. Sure. Well, again, going back to the native, any of the Native American wars, right, um, that at least in this case, in the Northeast. Now, the native was completely pushed out i'm not i'm not saying these were good things they're not remember now i have a i'm i have a i have part i'm part you know i don't know what part that's a different story for another time and i didn't even know i didn't grow up with this knowledge and it's a me it's it's a long that's another story for another time but the acadians were expelled from nova scotia because they were they were allied with the the native americans of that 
region, and the Native Americans decided to go to war to help the Quebecois. And the Quebecois, which are the French from Quebec, different people than the Acadians, although they both spoke French. Mm. Um, the Quebecois uh, were in a in a war with for the basically there was a war for for <laughs> there was a war for the continent going on. Mm. The yeah. Spanish, the French, the Dutch. I mean, it was right, and the natives, cool. and, and it was all mixed in. It was crazy. It must have been a just a crazy time to be alive. Well, the the Acadians didn't want to enter the war. They felt like they had no part of it. They didn't they didn't have a beef with Britain. They didn't have a beef with anybody. They were intermarried with the with the with with the natives though, and the, yes. and the natives were all Catholic. They all went to mass together, <laughs> right? So they had mm -hmm. a they really had harmony. But Britain, you know, goes to war with Quebec, and the natives of that region ally with Quebec and they're all trading partners and eventually the British decide well you know you Acadians you're you're part of the problem your supply lines I guess I'm sure if they're trading that's like a supply line mm -hmm. and um and they they wanted an un unconditional surrender from the Acadians the Acadians said you know we don't feel like no we're not interested in doing anything like that and and they were almost wiped out by they were put on ships that that sunk that were not sh uh, shipworthy they were all separated their families were separated it was a terrible thing yeah some people equate it to a, an ethnic cleansing i don't know if that's i've heard that i don't know if i would go that far but some survived my family survived in the woods with the natives my 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 grandfather my let's see my great-grandfather's great-grandfather's great-grandfather I, th I think it's seven Seven generations out was a was a famous militia leader, um, that that uh, his name was um, Dominique Pottier. Very interesting story there, um, but he resisted, and that's why my family still, you know, they they still are from Nova Scotia, and they're not either dead or you know lived in the swamps of Louisiana where the Cajun, you know, where the quote unquote Cajuns are. Um, yeah. So it was rough times, you know, and to paint it with a broad stroke and say everything was. I don't know. I just think that that we need to we need to be more keen to what the truth is. Yeah, I'm hearing yes, the bumper music. We're gonna go into the next segment, so we have we're gonna continue this, okay? Okay. But we have to wrap this up for the radio program. Jeff, thanks. Yeah. Thank you again for coming in. Oh come on, it's my honor. <laughs> Jackson, you're the best. I don't know how you did it. Your tummy has hold held on so long. God is good. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And that's a good way to end it. Thank you, God, and thank you, listener. God bless you and your families. And most of all, praise you, Lord. To praise.